to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Last Gen Podcast, everybody. My name is Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and I'm so glad to have you on today. Now, listen, here's the deal today. Um, today's a little bit different for me and also for you because um, for, for me, I'm now, right now, sitting in the Miracle Word studio, Miracle Word HQ, um, and we're sitting at the new Last Gen uh studio like the last gen set and so now it's weird because i'm on camera too as well as on um just audio and so i haven't been i haven't broadcasted in a while so it feels weird to i don't know where to put my hands i feel like i haven't broadcasted in a while and that's you know that's weird for me i'm usually i usually do know what to do with my hands i usually am comfortable in front of a camera um but if you're just listening on audio um, we're starting to do the audio podcast, but adding video. So you'll still be able to find the audio podcast where you find it, Apple, Spotify, wherever, but we're adding um, the last gen set. So if you're watching on video now, and I don't know where I'm going to post this yet, likely it's going to be on the last gen Instagram. Um, there's a tab. If you go to um, the Instagram, I want to teach you guys a little bit of something because it's kind of different. Um, it's a new thing that Instagram's doing. But if you go to our last gen Instagram, you see the homepage, you see our logo, um, which is also a new logo. I like it. Sounds good. You see, it's an LNG. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, if you go to the Instagram homepage, you see like the the um, the header. So it'll it'll be like the bio, then it's the highlights, and then underneath it, right where you can tap between posts, like the grid, the reels, and the uh, you know, and then like the photos and videos of you, like where you're tagged in. There's a new little section. It looks like a menu. Um, and if you tap on that, they're called um, guides, I think. So if you tap on that, you see um, the first one we posted is having trouble with your devotions. And then it, it allows you to do like a blog post there, plus videos, plus media, plus, you know, everything. So we're going to be utilizing that a lot more. But I want you guys to know how to get there. So go to the Last Gen Youth on Instagram, then go to the the uh, where it says Grid, scroll over, and tap that little menu icon, the little menu icon right next to the Reels icon. Tap it, and this is likely where we'll be posting the full video um, podcast so you guys can watch along um, with the listeners. I always like to, to watch podcasts or watch you know videos rather than... Um, just listening to them. So I know this will help some people. Um, we're going to be moving more into the video side, by the way, the background, it's so beautiful. It is, I don't know what college this is. Um, oh no, wrong shot. This is, I believe, is this not Oxford? I don't know. I love it. This is like, so aesthetic, if you will. Um, I feel like I'm in this massive library. I love it. Um, but I, I want you to be aware of that because I know that people have been asking about that. And then from now on, while we do, how, how we do interviews is we're going to be doing the video podcast interviews is we're going to be doing reels. So welcome to the last gen studio. I'm so pumped about it. I'm so pumped. And if you missed it, we actually used this studio for the first time um, last week. We did a one year anniversary live stream of the last gen. Can you guys believe it? It has been one year of the last gen podcast or the last gen youth um, in general. And so we set up at the new set. We had, I was on, of course. Then we had um, Evangelist Carolyn on, Evangelist Ted. We had Jenna, our administrator, who works with us. Um, and it was just, a, it was a fun time. We gave away a Nintendo Switch Lite. We gave away a Polaroid camera. We did games. We did embarrassing photos. We did caption contests, call in, stuff like that. So, it was very fun and happy one year. Listen, I want to say this right before we jump in, and then we're going to jump in to this title, which I believe is so important. I want to say thank you so much to everyone that's been 
um, connected with the last gen since the beginning or for any amount of time for that matter. We have been doing this for over a year now, and it's actually crazy to me because it just started out as a podcast, but where it's about to go is going to be insane. And, and I don't say that lightly. I don't make like false announcements, but I want you to understand that in a week from now, everything is going to change. One week from now, one week. In fact, the next podcast that we do on this, um, on this podcast platform is going to be the biggest announcement that Miracle Word Ministries has ever made to date. And you guys do not want to miss it. So next week, um, we're announcing that on this podcast because we're about to fly out in two days, three days, fly out to Pennsylvania where we're having the Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend, the Partner Banquet. Um, and there we're announcing the biggest thing that we've ever done. And I, I'm not kidding, like the biggest thing. And that means the Last Gen Youth is going to be um, affected. It's going to change everything. So you don't want to miss next week's podcast. I'm hoping to get a special guest on here to talk about the change and what that means for you guys. Um, but in the meantime, stay connected, stay connected, go on last gen youth, follow it on Instagram, um, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss it. Um, and I want to jump right into it today. So today, Today we're talking about, I'm sure you've seen the title, today we're talking about spiritual fathers, spiritual fathers and impartation, spiritual fathers and impartation. I have not creatively titled it in my head. I'm sure there's going to be a super creative title. If not, I apologize. Um, spiritual fathers. Oh, I got it. I got it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know it fully yet, but you'll see it. You see that creative title. Look at that pun. What a, or look at that. You see the attention grabbing word that got your attention. The reason why you clicked on that or that pun or that, you know, alliteration, you know, that's why you clicked on it. Today we're talking about spiritual fathers and impartation. Now I want to open up with a scripture, but the reason I feel to do this um, and to talk about this is because I feel like this is the reason that most Christians amount to nothing. This is the reason that most Christians amount to absolutely nothing in their lives. And you say, oh, that's harsh. Well, it's true. You know, I was talking with my uncle one day and um, I told him we were talking about, you know, the ministry and, you know, my next steps in, in life and stuff like that. And I told him, I was like, um, you know, it's interesting. I think the biggest fear that I have is not ending up being a terrible minister or going up to the platform and preaching a terrible sermon or, or coming to the end of my life and realizing I had a terrible ministry and nobody followed it. Nobody was delivered. Nobody was healed. Nobody was saved. I said, the biggest fear that I have is becoming or ending up as a mediocre minister. And I'm not even kidding. Like I have a, I have more of a fear of or have of ending up mediocre than I do of of completely trashing my life. And in some sense, that doesn't make sense, but in some sense, it does because if you end up and your life ends up trash or it was just a failed experiment. You could have at least said, "Oh, I, you know, I just I just gave it my all. I guess it wasn't for me or something." Um, but if you end up mediocre, in my mind, I'm thinking there are so many mediocre ministers out there. And and it's not just to do with ministry. There are so many mediocre lawyers out there. There's so many mediocre doctors, teachers. There's so many mediocre construction workers, business owners, stockbrokers, uh, uh, real estate agents. Whatever you feel to do in life, there's so many that are mediocre. That's what the word mediocre means. It's the middle of the road. Everyone's there. There's so many of those. And I think it's the saddest thing to come to the end of your life and realize, I did nothing special. You know, I, I can think of a million people like me, and they might as well just take my place because I'm the exact same. And God doesn't want to do that with you. There's one key element and one key thing that God has implemented in the word and in your life that if you don't take hold of it, you will become, you'll, you'll repeat mistakes of the past. You'll become a mediocre person. 
not noteworthy. You didn't accomplish anything different than those who have gone before you. I don't I want my life and I and I'm sure I'm talking to you right now and you you feel the same way. I want you to and I know I, because you wouldn't be hungry for the word of God and you know pressing in like you do if you didn't feel this way. But for me, I want my life to actually make a difference. I want my life to impact my world. And I don't mean the world like in a cliche way. I want to impact this world. I don't want to have some small, um, mediocre life where I just get by, or maybe I'm a little bit above average. You know, oh yeah, he was good at this and good at that. And, you know, a lot, some, some people followed his ministry. Some people were touched by his ministry. That's not my goal. Your goal shouldn't be to just make it or be mediocre. God's goal for you, and this is, this is people are, don't like this, but God wants to make your name known across the whole earth. God wants to make you famous. God has no problem with making you famous. In fact, he delights in making you famous. God delights in the prosperity of his people. That's, that's, a, that's a verse of scripture. So God has no problem with you um, making a huge impact because he hates for his children to do something that are, that's small. And so I told him, I was like, you know, I'm more afraid of ending up mediocre than I am of ending up as a failure. Because in my eyes, mediocre is failure. That's not my goal is to end up mediocre. And so here's the fact about it. You will end up mediocre if you don't tap into this. Because our generation especially hates, hates, hates this. This right here. And I'm going to get into it. This right here. Our generation hates to submit to authority. They hate to submit to authority, and because of that, they're just going to repeat and repeat and repeat everything that those who have gone before them have done. But for those who do want to excel, for those who do want to go further than the last generation, this is the key. This is the key right here. So we're talking today about spiritual fathers and impartation. I want to read a verse of scripture to you. This is going to be our theme verse for the day. Let me find it here. I have a comically large Bible behind me, but I'm going to try not to make it a big scene. I've got it right here. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse um, 15 through 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 15 through 16. We'll read right here. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He says this. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. One translation says, you, you have many teachers, but you do not have many fathers. I urge you then. Oh, no, no. Let's go back. I missed it. For those of you who have countless guides or teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and he says, I became, I'm not just a teacher, I became your father. I became your father through the preaching of the gospel. I urge you then, listen to this, be imitators of me. So what is a spiritual father? It's someone who is in authority over you who is further than you are, who has done more than you have, that is currently doing the thing that you want to do, who has entered into your life for the purpose of imparting to you wisdom, imparting to you spiritual gifts, imparting to you knowledge. There's a difference between a teacher and a spiritual father. You have many teachers, he said, but you do not have many fathers. A teacher is anyone who you've learned anything from. Like, I'll give you an example. In our generation, people love to love to love to, Christians, love to find a bunch of different teachers, a bunch of different preachers that they like. 
I love Stephen Furtick. I love to listen to his messages. Oh, I love. Oh, I was going to mention someone's name, but they're not. <laughs> they're no longer in the ministry. Um, I, I I love celebrity this celebrity pastor here. I and there's nothing wrong with celebrity pastors, and I'm not bashing Stephen Furtick or whatever. I love Joel. Whatever. I'm not bashing any of them. But they'll name X, Y, and Z ministers who they've never met, never even been in an in-person service, never been been within like a mile of them. They 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 cherry pick all these all these uh, people. They li- listen to a message here, not really zoned in on one person, not really zoned in on a a figure. They listen to all these messages, and you know they they cherry pick everything. And then you ask them, well, well, who's your who's your um, spiritual father? Who's your uh, another word for it? Um, is spiritual oversight? Who's your oversight? You know, every Christian should have an oversight. Every believer should have a spiritual father. Who's your oversight? Well, I you know I listen to Stephen Furtick. Have you ever met Stephen? No. Does Stephen Furtick know you exist? No. So he is not your spiritual father. You have to get that out of your mind. You're, a spiritual father is not someone who you think is cool. No, I, I, I want to, because if that's the case, you just want to dress like him. Oh yeah, I just like his preaching style. Okay. But he's not your spiritual father. He doesn't even know you exist. People do the same about Kenneth Hagin. Or Lester Summerall. Or, or all these great people. Smith Wigglesworth. I just gained a lot from Brother Summerall's ministry. Yes, you can you can take impartation from someone through videos and stuff. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't. You can gain impartation through YouTube, through, through all these means, podcasts, stuff like that. But that's not this. I'm going to go through a list of what spiritual fathers have to be, qualities that spiritual fathers have to have in your life. But it can't be Kenneth Hagin. Have you ever met Kenneth Hagin? No. Does Kenneth Hagin knew you, did he even knew that you existed? No. So he's not your spiritual father. There should be someone in your vicinity who you have access to and that knows that you exist like i'll give you an example if someone talked to if you're thinking of someone oh yeah i think i i gain a lot of impartation from them and i think i think they might be my spiritual father if you called that person up on the phone if if a third party called them up on the phone and mentioned your name hey so and so um i was talking to him um he says he says uh you're he's your spiritual son would would uh would that person even recognize your name would they or would they reply to that question oh yeah he yeah he he is you know i do mentor him i am his oversight that's a real question it's a real question but every believer has to have someone in their life like this it can be a man it can be a woman don't let the word father throw you off there are women and i wouldn't i wouldn't call them spiritual mothers you know it's a spiritual father. That's the, that the idea. comes from scripture. Father. Can a woman be a spiritual father? Yes. Um, there has to be a person in your life, and we'll go through the qualities, that is actively imparting to you. Actively imparting to you. What does impartation mean? Well, impartation is God's um, method to get you further faster. It's funny that I, that I mentioned this. I actually brought the book that my uncle wrote. And for those who are on video, you can see it here. The book is called Further Faster. He entitled it, How to Accelerate Your Purpose Through the Force of Impartation. That quite literally is what impartation is. It gets you further faster. One of the ways um, our pastor here in South Florida, Bishop Rick Thompson, says it, as he says, my ceiling should be your floor. My ceiling should be your floor. I'll show you an example in scripture, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was Elisha's spiritual father. Elisha performed eight miracles. At the end of his life, he died with eight major miracles that are recorded in the Bible. 
And what happened? Elisha took his mantle or his cloak. And at the end of Elisha's life, guess how many miracles he had? 16. So you see right there the force of impartation. The person that is above me is imparting their gifts, their wisdoms, their abilities to me so that I can duplicate and replicate and go further than they have. Don't be satisfied with just doing the same as the previous generation. Your goal should be my ceiling or my floor is their ceiling. Their ceiling is my floor. Okay? Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 11. Romans chapter 1 and verse 11. This is to the Roman church. He said this. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts to strengthen you. I long to be with you that I might impart to you some spiritual gifts to strengthen you. Now, Paul's um, goal here, he says, I want to be with you so that the gifts of the spirit that are operating in my life can then be operating in your life. When you're looking for a spiritual father, when you're looking for a mentor, which you need to have, you have to think to yourself, who is doing something that I want to be doing? Who has gone where I want to go? I don't, I don't just pick someone as my mentor that's just some Joe Schmo who, who's never produced anything in their life. Like imagine if I, you know, looking to be a young evangelist, a young minister, go, went to some, some bum who's in the church, who's not a minister, who's never ministered, never, you know, never seen someone healed, never seen someone delivered, never moved in the gifts of the Spirit. How stupid would I be to go to them because they, they make themselves out to be something special? Go up to them and say, hey, you know, I just, I, do, do you mind mentoring me? And Don't let someone who's never done anything mentor you. Don't let a nut job mentor you because there's a lot of people who want you to believe that they've done something in life. Let me just tell you, people will be the first to tell you what they've done. If, if, they, if, they, uh, if they've really done something in life and they've actually got humility, you won't hear out of their mouth every five minutes how much they know. I find that people who know, you know, it's, it's actually like a, a, term, a terminology in psychology. I forgot what it's called, but people who know the least about a subject are often the loudest about it. What does that mean? They'll always be talking about, um, you know, how much they know and how much they, you know, a lot of times those people are, are nut jobs. So don't, don't pick them as your mentor because you will, because let me tell you, impartation is real. You will replicate who you sit under. If you sit under a nut job, you will become a nut job. If you sit under a bum who's never done anything in life, you will become a bum who's going to do nothing in life. Impartation is so real. Impartation is so real. That's why we talk about how your friends are important. But even more than your friends are important to you, your oversight is even more important. Impartation works for the good and for the bad. So pick someone that... In your mind, if you've ever heard the term, like if someone's complimenting another, another guy, whatever, I hope I could, I could be half the man that you were. Now, what that's saying is, the, I, what I see in your life, I would, I would be proud to replicate. Now, you can't choose your natural father, but you can choose your spiritual father in that, you can find a mentor who you choose to sit under. Now, I believe that God has one person for you, one person who is supposed to um, impart to you in, in whatever season you're in. So, But be wise who you sit under. Be wise. Find someone, whether it be your pastor who's willing to mentor you, your youth pastor. That's a great, I mean, think about it. That's the purpose of a youth pastor. He's there to impart to you. He's there to mentor you. But if you're not connected, you will do nothing in life. And it's going to be so much harder to get where you want to go. And I, I 
argue, argue that it's impossible. It's going to be impossible to get where you want to go. So find someone. Find someone who has qualities that you want to see replicated and duplicated in your life. And if you see qualities like laziness, like, um, you know, they don't walk in the fruit of the spirit, they're mean, they're brash, all that. So don't, don't try to replicate that just because they wear a cool tunic t-shirt and a chain. When I look at my uncle, Evangelist Ted, there are there everything in his life. He like I'll put it this way: he is doing right now and has done everything that I want to do, that I feel called to do. And the qualities in his life I want to to have happen in my life. And you know his dad. Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. always says to have a gift, you have to sit under a gift. Well, my uncle's an evangelist. I feel called to be an evangelist. And I'll show you how crazy impartation actually works um, in, in this story here. And then I'll get into the, the four qualities that a spiritual father has to have. Four qualities that a spiritual father has to have. So, Many of you have heard my story. Sorry, I pulled away from the mic there. Many of you who have heard my story of how I was called into the ministry. Um, how I was sitting at Upro one, one, uh, one year, and I felt the Lord speak to me. You know, I, I, the year previous, I was looking at other people, getting words from the Lord. My uncle was preaching. People were falling out. My uncle was prophesying and saying, you know, the Lord says this. You're going to be this. You're called to be this and people crying and breaking down because that's what they felt in their spirit. And I remember seeing everyone and their mom, it seemed, was, was getting their direction from the Lord. And I was sitting in my seat and wondering, I was like, Lord, tell him to tell me that I'm supposed to be an evangelist. <laughs> tell him to tell me, and I was speaking to my uncle, that I'm supposed to be an evangelist because there was a pulling in my heart Um something that I didn't understand. I, I, I just felt like I, I felt like I needed to do the same thing that he was doing. And so I, I said, Lord, have him call me out now in Jesus name now, now. And I was really putting my faith I was like, now, now, now in Jesus name now. And I was, I was, um, sad. Cause at the end of the night, he had never called me out. He'd never given me one word. He never laid hands on me. He never gave me any direction from the Lord. And so I went home. I was sad. You know, I even asked my, my grandmother, why? why? Like, why, why did everyone else get their instruction and I didn't? And so the next year, I came. And as he's preaching again, I feel that same draw. And I was sitting next to my aunt. You know, it's funny. I found the picture and the video. Um, recently, my, my aunt had it. and it, it about made me cry. I remember. I'm, I remember that vividly. Um. I remember sitting on the edge of my seat again, feeling that same thing. Lord, have him call me out. And I felt the Lord speak to me. You don't need him to call you out. I've already told you that you're to be a minister. I've already told you that you're called into the ministry. And as soon as the Lord settled that in my heart, because here's the thing that I heard from the Lord as I was sitting on my seat, as I was watching my uncle preach. I really, I really didn't hear a word that he said in that the message. You know, I don't remember what the message was, but this is what I, what, what I heard from the Lord. You need to do what he's doing. Do what he's doing. Do what he's doing. I didn't really know the technical term. I didn't know that, you know, I didn't really call my uncle evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., but I heard do what he's doing. Do what he's doing. So I know I need to do what he's doing. And as soon as I settled in my heart that, I knew from the Lord directly. Then my uncle got a word from the Lord. Alex, stand up. He prophesied, the, you know, you're going to be used by God. You're, you're called into the ministry. You're going to preach. You're going to have a, a, a ministry of signs and wonders. Um, and I remember from that day, I've never doubted in my life what I'm called to do. But here's the interesting thing. Here's what blows my mind even to this day. And it's becoming even more true as days go on how real impartation actually is. Because not only do I feel called to be an evangelist like my uncle is, 
for those of you watching on the video, yes, I do have to fix my hair. It's annoying the crap out of me. My uh, freaking hair. Okay, it's fixed. Sorry. Don't care. Um, though, though I do feel called to be an evangelist just like my uncle, the things that, that have been happening are, are kind of crazy to me because, I mean, if, if you think about, you know, my uncle's told us the story of, you know, his past and how he got called into the ministry and everything. Um, he was in Bible school, right? He felt called at a young age to be an evangelist. Um, he went to Rama Bible Training Center and out of Rama Bible Training Center, he felt called to go to uh, Virginia Beach where his uncle, you know, the Lord spoke to him to go to where his uncle lives to help him in his ministry, go work for him and his ministry. Um, and so there he um, ran the youth department. He did all the graphic design for his uncle. And there he is doing, uh, you know, not stepped into his own ministry yet, but serving his uncle in the same way. And I look at my life now, I feel called to be an evangelist, but here about one year ago to the day, the Lord spoke to me to move. And this was never in my plan was to move to Florida. Everyone else thought, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, he was going to go be with his uncle and all that. I mean, that it didn't make sense to me. That was never in the plan. I was going to go to Bible school. I was actually sitting at this, in this studio when, when, I, when I was on my uncle's broadcast and he asked me, just as we were closing, because someone in the comments asked on the broadcast, someone in the comments asked, um, um, where are you going to Bible school? And then I'm, I look at the comments, he's looking at the comments, we're just ending the broadcast and I go, oh, I'm going to the river. I just, I just answer it for the person. I'm going to the river. And my uncle said, just in reply, because I, I hadn't told him that I've solidified my decision. He knew I was thinking about it, but he goes, he goes, oh, really? Like, you know, because he didn't know. He, not, not that he wasn't okay with it. He just said, oh, really? You're, you're going to the river? Oh, really? He says, oh, really? And I kid you not, as soon as he says, oh, really, I hear the Lord in my spirit say, oh, really? <laughs> and I go, uh, well, man, that is, uh, it's not good. I mean, the Lord was correct me. Oh, really? You're going to, like, I never told you to. Um, and so I remember sitting right there, right behind me, um, was was when I got my direction not to go to that Bible school. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but that was just for the Lord for me. And I didn't understand because that means I was going to go back to Virginia Beach where I wasn't doing anything, really, of any, any substance. I've graduated high school, you know. I graduated a year early. And so I'm at my... Uh, you know, in my hometown with, you know, I'm not doing ministry, you know, and, the, and then the Lord brought a ministry opportunity where he taught me how, you know, I was a youth pastor for um, almost a year, more like eight months. I was a youth pastor for like eight months and um, eight months, right? Eight to 10 months where, where I learned youth ministry. And so then last November, the Lord spoke to me, you're to move to Florida, you're to serve your uncle, but I never w w thought that was going to be in the works, and back then, I sucked at graphic design, like, I sucked at graphic design, so to see how far, you know, the Lord's taken me, and, and the reason I'm bringing all this up is because it's impartation, little did I know when the Lord said, do what he's doing, did I actually think, oh, do exactly what he's done. And that's not by plan. I didn't plan that out. That's just how, how impartation works. You know, the impart, not just the impartation in his preaching and in his ministering, but the impartation in his, you know, knowledge of, of uh, you know, learning things quick, like graphic design and stuff like that. So you see it working in your life. But if I never had anyone over me, I would be nothing special. I mean, I'd be saved, yes, on my way to heaven, yes, Let's get into these these four things before I take this broadcast off the rails. Podcast, sorry. Um, four things that your spiritual father has to be in your life. Number one, your spiritual father or your mentor or your guide or you know your oversight, which you have to have as a believer, whether it be your youth pastor, your pastor, someone who you look up to, maybe it is family member, but understand that it can't just be family member because, you know, they're, they're your natural father. Those spiritual fathers can be the same as natural fathers, but they have to be not, not just older than you, but 
and we'll take it to this is the first point, your spiritual father has to be at a higher level than you are, a higher level spiritually. You have many people will say, you know, there's no levels, bro. You know, we're all the same. The, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. You know, no one's better than anybody in this room. Amen. We're all just at the same. You know, and that kind of culture has bled into everywhere. You know, that's, you know, that's why we don't have a stage in church. We just want to, <laughs> we just want to be at the same level. How many know no one's better than anybody in this house? That's not what I'm saying that people are better than other people. But it is true that there are levels in the spirit. If that weren't true, how come there's churches in Nigeria right now that is the largest church in the world? The largest church in the world where they have five services. Their sanctuary seats 50,000. Right now, they are um, constructing a new sanctuary that seats 100,000 with 50,000 seat overflows. The children's church seats 10,000 children. So why is it that there's a a church there who's at that level, and then there are um, fly-by-night churches in in, uh, strip malls who average eight people a Sunday? Take it out of the ministry. Why is it that there are people who live in victory over sin, they live in victory over sickness, they lay their hands on the sick, they're healed, deliverance happens. And I'm not just talking about ministers, just people, just Christians. How come there are people that you can see carry such power and then there are other Christians who struggle to live a sin-free life? There are levels in the spirit. I'm sorry, that's true. If there weren't levels in the spirit, then any single person should be operating at the level that Jesus was operating. And that's the way God wants it, but it's very true that it's not, it's, it's not what's happening. There are baby Christians. There are little kid Christians. There are mature Christians. And then there are powerhouse Christians. So there are levels in the spirit. Your spiritual father has to be at a higher spiritual level than you. They have to carry more power than you do. And this movement in church that I cannot stand, I cannot stand it. It's the movement that says, oh, we'll just all lay our hands on everybody. No, 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 no. (laughs) Let me tell you, I've been in services where the pastors have said, everybody just lay your hands, find someone around the church and lay your hands on them and just start to pray. No, I'm not letting just any schmuck lay their hands on me. You be careful. Listen to me. Be careful who lays their hands on you. I believe in impartation so much. Do not, just like the Bible says, do not hastily lay hands on anyone. Do not be quick to lay hands on anyone. I don't let some nut job just lay hands on me. I've had it. I've had it where someone, I was in a service, some, I guess we're sticking to the word nut job because that's (laughs) some nut job. It was a Holy Ghost service. The Holy Ghost was in manifestation, the gifts of the service. And some, idiot behind me was being a, a idiot <laughs> and um he was messing around he was he was it was obviously not the holy ghost he was pretending to be drunk in the spirit you can tell from a mile away fake fake and he goes up behind me and he tries to lay his hands on me and i'm telling you this the moment he touched me i turn around i'm at the altar and i'm praying and i turn around and it must have been the look in my eyes because i turn around and look at him with such a, a, a like urgency that he knew if you touch me one more time, you will be laid out in the Holy Ghost. Not by the Holy Ghost. I will if you if you touch me, I will lay my hands on you. And I will not feel bad about it. One bit. At all. Because you don't just have anybody lay your hands lay, lay hands on you. You know what's interesting? You know, and then, you know, I've heard ministers say this, and it's very true. The quality of your life will amount to the quality of hands that are laid upon you. You know, you look at someone who's who's seemingly how in the world have they you know gotten to this like. like I'll give you an example. My mother 
is the, and I'm not saying this just to be sweet and just to be nice or that she's listening. I don't know that she's listening. If you are, I love you, mom. My mom is the smartest person that I've ever come in contact with. And I'm, I, I promise you, I'm not saying this to be nice. I promise you. She's likely not watching. So, you know, in, in every area, like, like certifiable genius, she picks things up quickly. She's, she's like a genius when it comes to communication and writing. And I mean, it's, it's very, it's very mind boggling and everyone that meets her knows it. She's excellent in every single thing that she does. And so, you know, a lot of that is because of diligence and hard, you know, hard working and, you know, persistence and, you know, she's got, she's got a PhD, she's got uh, a master's, she's got, you know, she's a, a She's got a, whatever, a doctorate in lawyering. So I should know that. It, I've been corrected. No, it's not another PhD. It's a law. It's a, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I'm so sorry, mom and dad, who both have that. So she's a genius, right? Um, a lot of that is from her hard work. But, you know, um, my, my grandmother tells a story. And I think this is so cool. This is so cool. Apparently, when she was younger, she had you know, and she, she was the, um, she did some copy editing for Oral Roberts. She went to ORU. Um, but apparently when she was younger, Oral Roberts called her into the back office and, and laid his hands on her and just prayed that she would, you know, she would be the top of her field. She would be intelligent. She would, and, and all these things. And, you know, you can attribute a lot to hard work, but then like stuff, stuff like that, you know, that that's God. And it's not to say that, that God can only works through a man. God can give you special abilities, but the overflow, the next level, comes from the laying on of hands and impartation. So your spiritual father, your spiritual oversight, has to be at a higher level than you are. Don't let random people lay your hands on lay hands on you, but seek great men of God to lay hands on you. If you see something that, that you want to operate in your life, whether it be a spiritual gift, whether it be wisdom, knowledge, any good thing that operates in someone's life but you, and you see that they're living a holy life, their life is clean, you know, there's nothing uh, shady going on, have them lay, and they've got a good reputation, they're not just, they didn't just pop up, have them lay their hands on you. Okay, so they have to be at a higher level than you are. Number two, they have to be present. We taught, we touched on this um, earlier. Your spiritual father has to know that you exist. Your spiritual oversight has to not only know that you exist, but be present in your life. Here's a question: Can you call up that person and ask them a question? Can you call up that person and, if you need help, ask them a question? They have to be present. It's, it's, it's for your benefit that they can be present in your life. And they have to desire to be present in your life. You shouldn't be like, feel it, oh, I feel like I'm bugging you. A good spiritual father will want to feel present in your life and will help you. And in, in everything will help you. So they have to be at a higher level than you are. They have to be present. Number three, they have to be able to correct you. Your spiritual father has to be able to correct you. If the person that's above you has never corrected you in anything, I wonder how much that they, number one, pay attention to your life, or number two, care about your life. Because correction is just redirection. You need correction in your life. Do you have someone in your life that if you mess up or if you're looking like you're going off the rails or if you look like you're missing it in some area or you're doing something that looks shit, are they going to be able to have, you know, are you accountable to that person? Are they in a position where they can call you up and, and rebuke you? And yes, rebuke you. Don't be afraid of being rebuked. You need it in your life. The word of God, the Bible says, is profitable for teaching, encouraging, upbuilding, rebuking. Rebuking. That's part of the purpose of the Bible. Okay? 
Your spiritual father, your spiritual oversight has to be able to correct you. Your spiritual oversight cannot be afraid to correct you. And you cannot be afraid to be corrected by your spiritual oversight. And number four, they have to care about your life. So number one, your spiritual father has to be, number one, at a higher level than you. Number two, present. Number three, able to correct you. Number four, care about your life. They have to care about your life. Because if they don't care about your life, they're not going to call you to correct you. They're not going to take the time to teach you, instruct you, impart to you. And listen, I'm just going to be very real with you. Not everyone cares about your life. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I know that. You have to go through life knowing that not everyone cares about your life at all. But there are, there are some people that God's put in your life that care about your life, that really care about your life. And that's why they're willing to ask you, hey, what, what are you doing, bro? Like, what are you doing? Like, why'd you do that? That was a bad mistake. And that was a wrong step. They have to be able to, you know, they have to care about you. You have to have a spiritual father in your life. If you don't, you will end up in ruin. You really will. You really will. You'll end up mediocre, and then you'll have no accountability in life. I, I know right now, if I, if I went on a podcast or went on a broadcast or went on Instagram Live or started, you know, if I la- when, once I launch out in my ministry, if I said something that's nuts or, like, I start going off doctrinally, I know the first person to text or call me would be my aunt and uncle. They would. They, what, are you, what are you doing? I mean, what, you know, like, why did you come to that conclusion? Like, if, if I started preaching whack doctrine, I know that I'd get that call. And then if I um, you know, was doing something that even looked shady, I know. So you have to know that there, there's a person or people in your life that have that position in your life. Because that is the mode, that, that is the, the um, process that God has to get you further, faster. And this is not to just sell a book, but I would recommend every young person read this book. Further, faster. Further, faster, how to accelerate your purpose through the force of impartation. He goes through, I mean, man, I'm going to reread this because he goes through everything about impartation, how to receive it, how to receive full impartation. You know, one of the keys that I got from this is full impartation is not just sitting, but full impartation comes from serving. If you really want to impart from someone and be under someone and receive full impartation, you have to serve them. Look at Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was his servant. Look at the disciples in Jesus. Look at Timothy and Paul. Paul and Onesimus. You have to be able to serve. A lot, a lot is in this. I'm telling you, go to if you want to get this, go to miracleword.com or or shop it's it's shop.miracleword.com. Further faster. Or go on Amazon and look up further faster or Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Or you can go to um that's a good, yeah, that's a good example. Moses and Joshua. Man, that's my favorite. I can't believe I didn't mention. Moses and Joshua. You can look it up on um, Kindle, um, Apple Books, whatever, wherever you want to find it. Find it and read it. I'm telling you, there are people, I was, I was working, and I'll, and I'll close out with this. I was working the product table at one of the meetings that we were just at, and um, a young person said to me, hey, what's the best book? Because, you know, my uncles, we have at Miracle Word Ministries, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, close to 10 books, I'd say, that are released. And he said, what, is the, what was the one that you'd recommend for young people? And I started thinking about it, and I told him further faster because if you get this while you're young, you, you won't be at a 20-year-old level when you're 20. You'll be at a 40-year-old level when you're 20. You get to skip levels. This is God's 
strategy for you skipping levels. And if you miss it, if you don't like the way it comes, well, I don't, I, you know. And if and listen, this is my last thing. Once you have that person in your life, do not ruin that relationship. Do not get complacent. Do not get comfortable. The Bible says, no, no man after the flesh. Don't just be like, oh, that's just him. You know, that's just you, pastor. I hate that. I hate when people disrespect authority like that. Like, oh, that's just pastor so-and-so talking about their youth pastor or whatever. It's like, fine, you will get absolutely nothing from them. You know them as, you know, it's like, it's like when people call their pastor by their first name. Oh, that's just Randy. No, it's not. Gah, I'm going to have a aneurysm just sitting here. What's up, Randy? No, they're not your bro. They're not your buddy. I had to go in. Sometimes I have to remind young people of this. I'll put it this way. I reminded some young people, this isn't your bro. This is your pastor. It's such a problem. This is not your bro. This is your pastor. Treat your pastor like your pastor and your bro like your bro. If you want to receive impartation, you've got to respect authority. Listen, thank you to everyone that, that listen. If you, um, I hope you took, took notes, by the way. The heck, open the thing. Um, we're going to be doing a lot more stuff from the studio, but like I said in the beginning, in the very beginning of this podcast, next week, we will have the absolute biggest announcement to date on this podcast. You do n- I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. I'm telling you, please don't miss it. The biggest announcement to date. Um, and hopefully I'll get a guest on to talk about that big announcement and what it means for you guys, because not only is it from Miracle Word, but it is for Last Gen. So, I, I mean, of all the podcasts that we've ever released, I want you to be on that one, and I want you to listen to it. I'm sure it'll blow up just because of the news. But if you are coming, I will see you this Friday and Saturday in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for the Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend. Um, for all the information, go to miracleword.com slash schedule. Um, and I'd love to see you there, man. I'm, I've met so many um, – of you guys, of you listeners, and I'm sure are listening right now. Um, listen, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. If I've met you in the last couple months, in the last year at a meeting or whatever, I sincerely, I've not met one person that I had like, I was like, oh, you know, like I, I really enjoy meeting you guys. Like every person that I've met, I've thought, man, I'm so glad that they're connected to us. I'm so like, I'm what a blessing. Not only that, if you may have thought that Miracle Word has blessed you, you guys are such a blessing to me, and I don't say that lightly. I really don't. I don't want to lie to you. Every person I've met. So if you see me in a live service or you see me at homecoming weekend, please come up to me and say hi. Won't be an awkward conversation. I, I don't do awkward conversations. So come up to me. Say hi. Um, I'd love to meet you. I hate just seeing names on a phone. I love to connect with people. So I can't wait to see everyone there. Huge announcement coming this weekend. Man, I'm very excited. That probably just went off the radar with the the vocals. But I'm so excited. You have no clue. Listen, I love you. Jesus loves you. And I'll see you guys later.